Welcome to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at lifespringchurch.us. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read two, well, a verse and then a passage, just to kind of get us kicked off today. <clears throat> Starting in Genesis chapter 29, verse 35, this is in the King James Version. And she conceived again and bare a son, and she said... Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah at left bearing. Then if you'll flip on over in Genesis to chapter 49. I'm going to read to us verses 8 through 11 in the modern English version. This is when Judah's father was praying blessing upon all of his children. This is the blessing that was prayed upon Judah. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub from the prey, my son. You have gone up. He crouches and lies down like a lion. As a lion, who dares rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes. And to him will be the obedience of the people. He tethers his foal to the vine and his colt to the choicest vine. He washes his garments in wine, his clothes in the blood of grapes. You can be seated this morning. I was excited that they named the baby Judah. It wasn't of my opinion. I didn't get any input. And just so we're there, I'm not a pastor that wants input into what you name your children. If you want to talk about it, we can, but I don't need to give you input. But I was excited when I heard that the baby's name was Judah. Because I thought, this would be a nice baby dedication. This would be good. This, we don't have to dig for stuff. I mean, we've had, we've had names where I've had to be a... Uh, evangelistic and coming up with some topics. Judah, what does Judah mean? Well, Judah got his name because of the attribute his mother described and, and how she reacted to knowing that she was bearing this son. She said, and now I will praise the Lord. So in simplistic terms, Judah simply means to praise. And we're Pentecostal, and we're apostolic, and we understand the, the word praise means. Praise is not just something that you leave to somebody else, but praise is a personal thing that we all engage in ourselves. We all have our individual way of praising God. Some people can be quite demonstrative in their praise. Some people wave their arms. Some people just lift their arms. Some people leap for joy. David had some crazy ways of praising God. The Bible said he danced before the Lord with all of his might. You want to talk about getting lost in the presence of God, not caring what anybody else would think, just praising God, you and Jesus having yourselves just a time of communion together. 
just to elevate and exalt the one and only true master of all, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This word praise, which ties into Judah, actually goes a little bit deeper than just generically describing praise. It comes from the Hebrew word of yada. Not Yoda, yada. Yada. Yada is a Hebrew word that means to extend or to shoot outward, in particularly the hands or the arms uplifted in praise. You want to talk about a word picture? This is Yoda, yada. Not Yoda, yada. See, I said it to start with so I'd get it out of the way, and then I did it anyway. This is yada. To extend your hands forward and outward in praise. That's a powerful movement. That's a movement of surrender. It's the movement of, I'm going to release. It's the movement of, I'm giving it over to somebody else. And it's not just the act of, of the movement, but it even goes so far in, its, in the depth of its meaning to how we make that movement. Not timidly, not with reservation, but to shoot forward like an arrow. You can't shoot an arrow in slow motion. You can't shoot an arrow with reservation. You take aim and you make a decision. And in that moment of release, it's all the power and all that kinetic energy is transferred and moves that arrow with full force immediately. Stay with me. We're going to preach about praise a little bit today. When you begin to praise God, we should be spontaneous when it calls us to be. And we should be willing to just move quickly into praise. How many times has, have we felt the, the urge or the call to praise in our lives and we've, we've been right on the precipice of just doing it. And then our mind kicks in. Man, I'm just going gonna, gonna, gonna to shoot my hands forward like an arrow and praise God. But nobody else has their hands up right now. I'm going to praise God. Everything that's within me. Well, somebody might see me. Can I tell you, I hope somebody sees you. I hope it spills over on them. I hope you change the atmosphere. I hope you create a movement. I hope you're the spark. I want you to be the catalyst that says no matter what's coming against me or what's going on in this moment, I will not be timid in my praise, but I will with full force and with full commitment and with intention just begin to praise God with everything that I have. I wonder, could we lift our hands and just praise Him for a minute? Lord, I love you. Lord, I bless you. 
Lord, I come before you with boldness in my praise. We come before you, Lord, surrendering ourselves to you, giving you glory and giving you the honor and the praise today. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to take a little bit of a journey through the life of Judah this morning. Judah. If you read through the different chapters of Genesis, you find his name mentioned, and we're going to maybe follow that trail a little bit today. In Genesis 37, we, we find the story of Joseph. And I'll not read to us today the entire book of Genesis, so if you'll allow me, I will share with us the parts of the story, and I'll tell you the chapter, and if you would like to, to read those. Some people are preacher fact-checkers. You can go home and fact-check. Genesis 37 is the story of Joseph in his coat of many colors, his favor with his father, and he's called to go and see how his brothers are doing. You're familiar with this story, right? And he, he's on his way to, to meet his brothers, and the jealousy of his brothers wells up inside of them, and they take him and they throw him in a pit. Brothers like that, who needs enemies? And not only did they throw him in a pit, but their jealousy turned into rage and anger and hatred, so much to the point that they devised a plan to tell their father that he had died. And they took his precious coat and they tore it and dipped it in blood and delivered it back to their father and said, Man, Dad, have you seen this coat before? I think this might be Joseph's. We found this. It looks like he got devoured. Joseph is sitting in a pit. His brothers are devising, all right, we've already made the plan. We've got the, we've created the alibi. Now all we've got to do is off this kid and we're done. We're free from his visions and his dreams. We're free from his favoritism. We're free from all of these things that, that Joseph brings into our lives. We can be the... We can be the ones that are important. And so they're making the plan and devising how they're going to kill Joseph. And one of the brothers speaks up. Judah. Judah speaks up. In chapter 37 of Genesis, it's Judah who has the idea that says, you know guys, maybe we should kill him. There's some slave merchants coming down the road. Maybe we should just sell him. You know, if we kill him, it's dirty. Got to get rid of the mess. Got to bury the body. Or we can make some money. And he convinces them not to kill, but Judah convinces them to keep him alive and to sell him. Jude didn't really realize it, but he was moving Joseph further forward in his purpose. Can I tell you today, those who are people of praise are people with a pure heart who move God's plan forward. If you want to stop God's plan, start killing people. Not literally, but spiritually. Start talking about people. 
Start being the busybody. Start being the gossip. Start being the person that nobody really wants to be. And that's how you kill God's plan and God's will. You want to kill revival in a church? Become the busybody. I thought it was a baby dedication. It is, but I'm going to preach for a little bit. You want to know how to have victory in a church? Be the person that has praise in your heart and praise in your lips. Praise at the end of your hands. Be the person who speaks purity from your motives. Be the person that promotes God's plan in the church. Be one that buys into the vision. Be Judah. Judah says, I don't want to kill him. I want to promote him. Be that person of praise. When the Spirit of the Lord begins to move, don't look around with a critical eye. Wonder why they're praising God. I know what they did last week. Well, they may be further along than you because you're staring and they're entertaining God. Let's be people of praise. Let's be people who have a pure heart Towards God. This is what Judah means. People of praise. You keep moving forward in the story of Judah. He rises up again. Kind of as the spokesman for his brothers. Quickly, the story of Joseph. He gets sold into slavery. He goes through his trials and his tribulations. He ends up elevated, second in command over Egypt, helping distribute the plentiful into the time of famine. And his family, who is back in the land of the Hebrews, is hungry. And so their father, Isaac, grabs, or their father, Israel, grabs their children and sends them to Egypt to get corn. And they show up, and you're familiar with the story, so let me hit just the high points. He recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And he asks leading questions that he already knows the answer to. Do you guys have another brother? Well, yes. How do you know that? Well, I want to meet him. That's not going to happen. Dad said we couldn't bring him. He's the only one left. He's not coming. Well, then you don't get any food. Okay, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> and so one stays behind and they go and they, they bring back Benjamin. They bring back, yes, Benjamin for the next time they need food. And Joseph tells them, his servants, fill their bags full and overflowing. Fill their bags full and overflowing. And send them on their way. Now that, that one, the younger one, I want you to hide my cup in his bag. And they're beginning to leave and here comes the soldiers after the children of Israel, the sons of Israel, Joseph's brothers. Which one of you stole the king's cup? Oh, not us. We would never do that. All right, it's time for us to search. And they begin searching. And they get to Benjamin's bag. And what do they find? Joseph's cup. It is Judah who speaks up. 
in this moment. It is Judah the one who steps forward in the courtroom of Joseph while they all stand with a guilty look on their face knowing that what's about to happen can't be good. Times are about to get difficult. And Judah begins in Genesis 44 to begin to make a plea unto Pharaoh. To, he honors him, he respects him. If you go read in Genesis 44, Judah puns on the schmooze factor, man, like nobody you've ever seen. We honor you, we, we lift you up, we know you're high and mighty, we know you have authority. You see, it is Judah, it is our praise that leads us through times of difficulty. There will be times in life when things that you didn't plan on happening will happen. There will be times in life where expectations that you had aren't get, getting met. There will be times in life where life throws you a curveball and your, your, your reasoning in life seems to be out of order and, and what you had for priorities doesn't work out. But in those moments, rather than letting our flesh well up and fear to overtake us, I would encourage you today to let the voice of Judah come out of you. Let a voice of praise come out of you. In times of difficulty, we should praise God. In times of trouble, we should praise God. In times of tribulation, we should praise God. In times when it seems all is going against us, we should praise God. When it feels like your only hope for provision is failing, praise God. We ought to be and we should always be people who are praising God because praise will lead you out of your difficulty. There's something about being in a struggle and just being willing to set the struggle aside and praise God. We've got some people here today that can testify to what I'm about, about to tell you. And if you've never experienced it, I want you to, to think about it. And maybe next time you can Implement this in your life. It's one thing to be going through a hard time and a struggle. And your flesh becomes stressed and your mind becomes labored and your worry begins to elevate and your mood changes and life just isn't fun. It's difficult. It's a struggle. You feel like today isn't the day that you wanted it to be. Life isn't doing the way I want it to go. Everything's against me. Nobody's for me. And it's easy on those days to go find a corner and to grab a pillow and a blanket and to start having our party. I've been there. It's easy to do that. Because we have plenty of reason to have our pity party. But instead, I want to challenge you the next time it gets difficult. Rather than finding your corner and a pillow and a blanket and beginning to have your party, step into the middle of the room and just shoot your hands towards heaven like arrows and begin to praise the King of kings 
and the Lord of Lords. Begin to magnify the one who lives outside of your problem. Begin to magnify the one who's orchestrating the universe in all of its order. Begin to change your focus from what is currently struggling in your life to the one who is in control of all things over you and around you. You have the strength and the power to minister in praise. I'd encourage you and strengthen you today to be a person of praise. You can praise God no matter what's going on around you. In times of difficulty, be a person of praise. Back in Genesis chapter 43, the brothers come back to their father. Hey, the uh, Pharaoh said we got to bring Benjamin. No, you're not taking him. You can't take Benjamin. And it is Judah who steps forward in the crowd of brothers and says, listen, father. I will vow a vow to you to protect him. Before they get to Benjamin, they've got to go through me. Before they can touch Benjamin, Father, they've got to go through Judah. I want to tell you something today. Praise will elevate your vows to God and it will elevate those things which are sacred in your life. If you'll begin to praise God and you'll, you'll look beyond the trouble or the trial or the, or the struggle or the situation. If you'll praise God with everything that's within you. The things that were sacred that had fallen to the wayside will become illuminated in your eyes again. There's something beautiful about praise. Praise takes the things which are holy and brings them back into our vision. We have the ability, through what we praise, to set priorities in our life. If we praise the things of this world, naturally, those are the things that become a priority in our life. But if we will praise the things of God, they will take priority in our life. If you speak good, of the things of God and how sacred they are, they become held in a deeper, I don't know if this is a word or not, sacredness. They become more sacred. If you want to lose respect and reverence and, and this, this overwhelming sense of sacred on the things of God, just don't talk about them. Just don't mention them. Just forget about them. And it won't be long. They'll fade off into the distant past. And they'll become simple memories. Things that you'll say, I remember when. I remember when we used to go to church and we used to have service like this. I remember when. Struggles would come and, and God's presence would just always be near and close by. I remember when. Can I just tell you today, you don't have to live on memories but if you'll begin to praise God with everything that's within you, what once was can be reestablished again. Your vows to God can be true again if you will become a person of praise. 
you keep reading through the story of Joseph and you find Judah is always just kind of interweaved in this story. Genesis chapter 46. I don't know that I've ever, ever seen this or understood this part of the story. I guess by the time I get to Genesis 46, I'm speed reading. I don't know. Let's slow down. Joseph has revealed himself to his brothers. He's promised to take care of them. He's told them, go get our father and bring him back. And you guys can, can come and live here with me. And I always thought that it was Joseph that said, you guys go over here and land, live in the land of Goshen. But in Genesis 46, it says, Judah was sent ahead to direct the family towards Goshen. Judah decided where they lived. Judah, I want you to go out. I want you to be the pioneer. I want you to be the explorer. Judah was the first Lewis and Clark expedition. Go find where your family is going to live. Go find where our family is going to land and plant themselves. And Judah moved them in the direction of Goshen. I want to tell you, if you allow praise to be a leader in your life, it'll always lead you to a good place. Do you know what Goshen means? Goshen means to draw near. To draw near. If you'll let praise lead you in your life, it will let you draw near unto God. Did you know there is no other way to come before the presence of God? We are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. And we enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. If you want to enter into the courtroom of God, you've got to be willing to praise Him. That's the entry into His presence is praise. The entry into the very throne room of heaven doesn't come with our talent, our ability. It doesn't come with our degrees or our education. The, the courtroom of heaven isn't opened up to us because of pedigree or patriarchy in our lives. The only way you enter into the presence of God is if you will become a person of praise. And if you'll let praise lead you, it will draw you near unto Him. So to the one today that feels lonely, to the one today that feels isolated, to the one sitting today under the voice of this preacher and you feel like you're a million miles away from God, can I tell you, you're just a praise away from drawing nearer to Him than you've ever been before. You're just a praise away from drawing close unto the greatest King of kings and the Lord of lords there ever is or was. He's not changed, He's the same. He's just as powerful today as he's ever been. What you've experienced in the past, you can experience again. What you experienced a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, it may even feel like a lifetime ago. You can re-experience it again today if you'll just begin to praise him. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. David instructed us in the Psalm 150, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. 
There is only one thing that disqualifies you from being a praiser. When you quit breathing. When you quit breathing. You may say, well, I have this struggle in my life. I have this, this thing that, that I struggle with, and I know this, this thing in my life doesn't please God, and, and it's something I'm, I deal with, and I, I struggle with. Well, first, we believe God can give you deliverance, and we believe God can break that off of you. But don't let that become the hindrance to your praise. Praise God anyway. Well, I got an addiction in my life. Praise God anyway. I've got a hang-up in my life. Praise God anyway. I got a bad habit in my life. Praise God anyway. You don't have to get good to praise God. You just have to have breath to praise God. So that means every single one of us in here today, I'm scanning to make sure nobody's died. Every single one of us in here today are qualified to praise God. Could we do it again? Could we just lift our hands towards heaven? Lord, we love you. Lord, we bless you and we magnify you today. No matter what situation we're in or what circumstance we're going through, we're going to exalt you and we're going to magnify you. We're going to lift you up and we're going to bless your name for you are high and worthy of praise and glory. You are worthy of honor and adoration today. I love and worship you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want to take the camera on Judah's life and change the focus for just a minute. I want to zoom out and take in the bigger picture of Judah's life. We've taken the last few moments here and we've been digging into the details. Judah's great-grandfather, Abraham. The story of Abraham is a story of faith. It's a story of trusting God. It's a story of following God when maybe the directions aren't as clear as we would like them to be. It's that just believe in God's got it all under control. Abraham experienced something in his life. We know him as Abraham. But his Original name was Abram. Abram means exalted father. That's a strong name to give a child. Abram. Your kids will respect you. You're an exalted father. The people in the city will probably respect you. You're, you have a name that's, that's a strong name. It, it, it bears a resemblance. It sets a course. But when God called Abram, God changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means father of many nations or the father of a multitude. Here's what I, this is just a sidebar. It's about Judah today, but let me talk about Abraham a second. It's, there's something we can take from this, this experience in Abraham's life, this, this transformation that happened in Abraham's life. And, and what we learn from this is, is that God's more, in, in, more um, interested in what we produce than our position. 
God's more interested in what we produce than he is our position. God didn't look at Abram and say, oh, you're an exalted father. I, I, I need to do something for you. But he said, no, I want to change you. I want you to follow me. I want you to be obedient to me. I want you to surrender to me. I want you to let faith lead your life. And if you'll let faith lead your life, you'll not just be a person of position and influence, but you will be a father of many nations. You become the lead patriarch of the children of Israel. God changed Abraham's name because he wanted to move Abraham into God's plan for his life. It wasn't just Abraham. We see this happened again in the, the lintage of Judah. His father was originally named Jacob. Jacob means a heel grabber. What a name. The picture, the word picture in the, the Hebrew for Jacob's name is a supplanter, someone who trips you up by grabbing your feet. Someone who doesn't play by the rules. Someone who plays dirty. And man, did Jacob play dirty. He made up his own rules. He played outside of the rules. He manipulated. He tricked. He deceived. And the tricker got tricked when he went to Laban's house. But as he was leaving, having gone through life and experienced life and, and moving beyond and, and ready to head back to his father's house, he begins to send things ahead of him because he heard his brothers still after him. He sends caravans of his wealth as gifts to his brother. Hopefully, these are peace offerings so that when I get to him, he decides not to kill me. And after everything has gone ahead of him and, and knowing that his time to meet Esau is just around the corner, he ends up wrestling with an angel. Jacob wrestling with the angel. And during this wrestling match, his name is changed from Jacob to Israel. From being the hill grabber to being God prevailed. God won in Jacob's life. What would happen if God won in your life? What would happen if you just said, all right, Lord, you, can, you win. I'm going to quit wrestling you. I'm going to quit fighting your destiny for me. I'm going to quit arguing with what you're trying to do with me, God. I'm going to quit trying to make it work my way. I'm just going to surrender and let God prevail. He met his brother and there was no death. He was actually glad to meet each other. It was, a, it was a good family reunion. Because God worked it out. But God changed him from the supplanter 
to Israel. Israel becoming the father of the nation of Israel, whose 12 sons become the 12 tribes of Israel, one of them being Judah. God changed his name because God was getting him in alignment with his destiny and his purpose and his plan. If you study the life of Judah, you find that not everything was perfect in Judah's life. Judah had some indiscretions in his life. Judah had some mistakes in his life. One of his mistakes was his indiscretion with his daughter-in-law Tamar, which produced child. We must understand today, and we find a truth when we look into this bigger picture of the patriarchal family. God did not come down to Judah and change his name because of a wrong that he had done. He did not take praise away from him. God did not come down to his life and change his destiny. The truth that we find is God doesn't change our name because of what we do wrong. God just changes our name when he tries to put us in alignment with his ultimate plan for our life. The only one that tries to change your name when you do wrong is the enemy. The only one that tries to change your name when you make a mistake is the accuser. Is the one who goes and says, remember when you made this mistake? Remember when this person made that mistake? Remember when this person made this mess up? Remember when they had this indiscretion? Remember when they had this failure or this sin? He's always bringing up and accusing us. He tries to identify us by our failures. Satan will change your name because you messed up. But God will change your name because he's trying to move you up. God will change your name because he's trying to promote you. God changes our name because he's trying to get us in alignment with him. This is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I can take a broken life and I can surrender it in a moment of repentance. And I can be buried in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And my name is changed. I'm brought into the bride of Christ. I'm made a new creature in Him. And now I'm living a destiny that God's called me to be in. He fills us with His Spirit and empowers us to live according to the plan He has for our life. I want to tell you today, He didn't come to condemn you, but He came to save you. God didn't come to put you down, but God come to lift you up. Don't lose your praise because of a failure. Don't lose your praise because of a mistake. Don't lose your praise because of an indiscretion. Keep praising God anyways. God didn't look at your failure, your mistake, or your indiscretion and say, you can't praise me anymore. God looks at our faults, our failures, and our indiscretions and says, Calvary's big enough to cover that. My blood's potent enough to forgive that. My grace is deep enough. You can bring that and bury it in grace. 
My mercy's everlasting. It'll wrap its arms around it and separate it from you as far as the east is from the west. This is the beauty of God. He doesn't identify us because of our faults, but he identifies us because of his plan for our life. So keep praising God. And through your praise, you'll regain your identity. You'll regain your identity. In Genesis chapter 49, we read the blessing that Israel prayed over his son, Judah. Allow me to rehearse it to you again quickly. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hands shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub from the prey, my son. You have gone up. He crouches and lies down like a lion, as a lion who dares rouse him. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. But Shiloh comes, and to him will be the obedience of the people. He tethers his foal to the vine and his colt to the choicest vine. He washes his garments in wine, his clothes in the blood of grapes. What a word picture. Let me break that down for us today. Isaac says to Judah, no, Israel says to Judah, you're going to be a victorious warrior. You're a winner. Let me tell you what praise does. Praise makes you a winner. Can I just be blunt today? Losers don't praise. Winners praise. Losers sit around and find all the reasons why they can't live for God. Winners say, I'm going to praise God no matter what's going on around me. I'm going to find a way to praise God. I'm a winner. And if I'll keep praising God, I'll always be a winner. Because winners are praisers. I can prove it to you. I'll tell you two people who everybody thought were losers. But praise worked out in their favor. Paul and Silas. If you knew Paul and Silas' story, you would have said, man, those guys thought they were doing the work of God, but it didn't work out for them. Those two guys are losers. They failed. They're in the inner prison. They've been beaten and whipped. They probably can't even stand up straight. They've been worked over. But one of them, somewhere around midnight, The stocks and the bonds still attached. Probably open wounds still bleeding. Bruises still aching. Eyes probably squinted closed from all the pounding they took. Scratched out of his voice to the other one. What's the words to that song they were singing a couple Sundays ago at church? Help me remember. I really liked it. And they figured out the tune. And they figured out the lyrics. And the two of them began in the inner prison at midnight with the roughest of the rough 
the guiltiest of the guilty, the vilest of the vile, began to praise God. I guess the only saving grace to them being in stocks and bonds where they were disrupting the sleep of people who had the ability to kill them, but they all were in stocks and bonds. They couldn't. And so they began to praise God. And as they were singing their song, and as they were praying, and as they were talking to God, I'm sure the other prisoners heard them. And I'm sure the other prisoners tried to quiet them down. Hey, guys, pick it up in the morning, why don't you? Some of us are trying to sleep. I killed five people. There'd be seven if I could get out of these stocks and bonds. And they just kept on singing. And they kept on praising. And they kept on doing what they knew they were supposed to be doing. And despite the pain. And despite the hurt. And despite everybody around them thinking they had lost their battle. They came out victorious in the end. Because they were winners. Because they were praisers. Amen. And this is the promise that was given. The blessing that was prayed over Judah. You will be a winner. You will be like a lion's cub. The word picture here is not the baby little cub that's in the nest or the den, I guess is where they were being, the den. But this is the young lion. This is the strong lion. This is the warrior lion. This is the fighting lion. This is the hunting lion. You will not be stoppable. You will be strong. You will be fierce because of your praise. Let me tell you, hell takes notice to people who praise. Our enemy notices people who praise. Not because he's trying, not that we don't praise because we want his attention, but we praise because we're elevating God. And when God's elevated, everything in the spirit world takes notice. Ooh, they're tapping into something bigger than themselves. They're tapping into a strength that's greater than themselves. Your praise gives you an authority in the spirit world. If you'll begin to praise God, those spirits that have been bugging you will leave you alone. That wasn't in my notes. That was for you. Somebody needed that. You've been bothered. You've been bugged. You've been picked on. Maybe the right word is you've been haunted. I'm telling you today, if you'll begin to praise God, you will gain an authority that gives you victory over what you've been going through. There's something happens when you begin to speak the name of Jesus. There's something that happens when you begin to elevate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You walk in a different dimension. You walk in a different era. You walk in a different attitude. You walk with a different posture when you're a person of praise. We don't walk in arrogance. We don't walk in pride. But we walk with a deep down assurance. My dad's got this. That's a different authority. People who praise are blessed people. What an incredible blessing and a, and a unique way of, of phrasing it and stating it that Israel prayed over Judah. You will tether your animal, your beast, to the vine. And you'll wash your clothes 
in the blood of grapes or in wine. That to me draws a picture of somebody who has abundant blessing in their life. If you become a praiser, you open the door to God's blessings to come in your life. Because praise helps us realign our priorities with God. So people who praise God are undefeated. People who praise God are strong. People who praise God have authority in the spirit. And people who praise God have abundant blessing in their lives. People of Judah. The blessing that Israel prayed over his son Judah was not just types and shadows for us today in our walk with God. But it was very much a prophetic message about the coming Messiah. One who would be known as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. It was a heritage, a prophetic heritage passed to the next generation and to the next generation. For it was from this lineage came King David. It was from this lineage came Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And in the spiritual realm, it is from this lineage you and I come because when we are born again of the water and the spirit, we become the children of God. You are a lion. You are ferocious. You are strong. Your praise matters. Your praise makes a difference. The blessing of God is upon your life. You are strong in Him. Just stand with me this morning. Yes, it is a baby dedication today, but I could not pass the opportunity to preach to you what it means to be a praiser, what it means to be Judah and to have Judah working and being in our lives. Thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us.